A new year and a new season. My name is Eli and I am the host of Groundbreaking Podcast. I'm super excited by what we have in store for season two. This year, not only can you find me on your favorite podcasting service, but you can also find me on Idealog. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your network. To kick off 2019, I want to share my interview with Ryan Sanders. Ryan was climbing the career ladder in a well-paid corporate job with the Royal Bank of Scotland when he realized something was missing. And in 2007, after a year of planning, Ryan established Haka Tours. Haka Tours run small group tours and have a growing portfolio of hotels and fast-growing overseas tour operation, which has gone on to grow at an average of 80% year on year. I hope you enjoy our first episode of Season 2. Hey Ryan, thank you so much for joining us this week. Hey Eli, great to be here. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and where did you grow up? So my name is Ryan Sanders. I'm currently 40 years old and I live in Newmarket, Auckland. And I grew up in North Beach in Christchurch. So growing up, did you have interest in business? Do you know what? Growing up, I was really unsure what I wanted to do. I often thought about what I was going to do as a career when I was older, and I really couldn't decide on anything. So actually, no, when I was younger, I didn't think I'd start my own business. I always wondered what I would do, but I never knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur. What took you to the Royal Bank of Scotland? I went to uh, the University of Canterbury in New Zealand, and then after that, I went over to the UK to play rugby. And I did that for about five years, but I kept on getting injured and snapping my Achilles. So after a rugby career wasn't for me, I utilised my degree that I got at the University of Canterbury, and that was in um, industrial psychology, so human resources. And I applied for a role at the bank, and I got a job working in uh, human resources for the Royal Bank of Scotland. What made you decide to leave corporate life? For me, the reason why I decided to leave corporate life is that I really struggled with autonomy and accountability. And what that really means was I really struggled with the fact that I was a very small part of a much bigger process. I wanted to control the whole thing. And basically, I wanted to have the ability to make much bigger decisions and really to be the champion of my own destiny. And really, at that stage, I knew that having my own business was the only way that I was going to feel really fulfilled and happy in my working life. How did you know when to first start your business? I knew when to first start my business, really, because it felt right. I think one of the biggest um, things that humans have is our gut instinct. And for me, it just really felt right that the corporate life wasn't for me and that I could find something I really enjoyed and really loved doing by following my gut instinct and and doing something I really love. So there wasn't an answer which was really complicated. It just felt like the right thing to do. And I say to everyone, you know, follow your gut. It's really the most important um, decision-making tool that you have. Where did the idea for Haka Tours come from? Uh, the idea from Haka Tours came from really my love of travel. Being based in Europe and the UK um, for about eight years, I traveled to about 50 other countries. And I'd had some really amazing experiences traveling. And I'd also had some experiences where weren't as good. And when I'd gone on a group tour before, 
I really had a really clear idea on how to do the best ever group tour. And for me, I was really passionate about travel and it got me really excited. And so that's when the idea of Huggy Tours came into my mind. I thought if I could spend my life giving international guests the most amazing experience of New Zealand, that would make me really happy. So that's what I decided to do. Did everything go to plan? At the very start, when I was coming up with the idea for this travel company, a lot of things changed. And one of the things that I really learned is to test your ideas really, really quickly. So instead of trying to come up with the most perfect idea, start with your first idea or whatever idea you think is best and test it really quickly. So that could be talking to people that would be your target market or talking to other people that were working in tourism and look at what other people are doing. So yeah, a lot of stuff didn't go to plan initially, but one of the things that I wish I'd done earlier was test my ideas much, much quicker. Did you do any market research? How did you know where to start? Yes, so I did lots of market research at the start. When I decided to start a tour company, I'd never worked in tourism before, so I didn't know a whole lot at all. So basically, I wrote a business plan, and I did a lot of market research about who was currently offering guided tours of New Zealand. I listed all those companies. I looked at how much they're offering their tours for and what type of itineraries that they were selling. I also looked at their target customer. So what type of people were they marketing to? And really, I came up with trips that Haka Tours were going to run. I wanted to make sure that they were clearly different from everything else that was on the market. And the only way I could do that was by really researching exactly what other companies were doing what and finding out where my gap in the market would be. You started Hacker Tours in the UK. Can you tell me about that journey? So I started Hacker Tours in the UK when I was working for the Royal Bank of Scotland. I didn't want to leave my well-paid corporate job and start a company in an industry that I'd never worked in before. So for me, it was really important to start the company and support the business remotely for the first year So I still had money coming in for my corporate job. Most companies fail in their first two years due to a lack of cash flow. And so for me, it was really important to make sure that I'm coming in to support my new business idea. It was a lot of hard work. So it meant working over 100 hours every week, but it was really worth it. It meant that my business could stay afloat and um, I could support the business through my corporate role until I had the confidence to relocate back home to New Zealand in 2008 and work on Hakatua's full time. That's awesome. Where did the funding come from? The funding purely came from money that I'd saved uh, playing rugby and also working uh, for the Royal Bank of Scotland. So I just used personal savings. And when I knew that I wanted to start my own company, I spent probably about two years just saving really, really hard. And that meant not traveling as much, not going out for dinner, and just making some sacrifices so I could save as much money as possible to start my dream. So what was it like when you first ran your first tour? When I ran my first tour in June 2007, it was really exciting. Our first tour manager was a guy called Steve, Stephen Latham, and the first tour had just five people on it, and we didn't have enough money to buy a bus or hire a bus, so we did it in his own uh, personal vehicle, his Pajero. So it was very humble beginnings, but we were really excited to get that tour underway. The tour got really good feedback, and from there, we just ran tour after tour and trying to give customers the best time possible because we knew that excellent customer feedback was going to be the best way that we could grow 
and would give us the best chance of survival. So do you now have a bus? We do. We own quite a lot of buses. Um, we also hire some buses because sometimes summer is really, really busy and we only need buses for a short period of time. But generally, over summer, the maximum amount of buses we would have on the road at any one time would be about 30, and over winter, about 10. That's a big difference. There is, because a lot lot more people want to come to New Zealand when it's warm and sunny. How long did it take to grow the business? Well, I think the first five years of growth was really slow. We were really making sure that we were refining our tours and making them the best possible, understanding how best to market the business and where we were positioned in the marketplace. And also 2007 and 2008, it was also part of the global financial crisis. So there was less people traveling. So the first five years was slow growth. And then the last five years of when we've grown a lot, we probably grow about 60% every year. What did you learn during that time? Was it hard? It was hard. And I think the biggest thing that I learned was really being an entrepreneur is like being on a roller coaster. There's lots of massive highs, lots of lows. Sometimes you're scared, sometimes you're happy. And the biggest thing that I learned is that You need to focus on your vision and why you're doing it. And when you're going through bad times, really focus that things will get better and that, you know, exciting times could be just around the corner. I think a lot of people give up when times get tough. And I just really learned that you need to push through the tough times because the good times will come. How has your business adapted over all the years, Ryan? Really, with Haka Tours, what it means is, is that you join a tour And about 70% of our customers are traveling by themselves and they book on a tour to meet other like-minded people and travel around New Zealand together. So our most popular tour is 16 days long. It starts in Auckland. So people from all over the world come and join this tour and they book on to a particular tour date. So we have a 16-day tour, would leave probably about once a week. So there may be a tour that might be leaving on the 1st of December. People from all over the world book onto that tour date, leaving on the 1st of December. They meet everyone on the first day. And then the tour manager takes them on this amazing adventure around New Zealand over 16 days, going whitewater rafting, caving, skydiving, kayaking. Uh, They do some really cool forest walks, swimming in lakes and beaches, seeing some amazing landscapes. And essentially, you meet people from all over the world. You become new best friends with those people and make friends all over the world whilst experiencing the best New Zealand has to offer. One of the other things that we do, which is different from everyone else, is that we think to really experience New Zealand, you've also got to learn about the culture. So we make sure they learn about the Māori culture and they can do that in a number of different ways through learning how to carve from greenstone, eating a hangi, learning the haka, also lots of other cool experiences around hearing about the Māori culture and the stories and myths and legends. So we make sure that people walk away with also doing really exciting things about like rafting, but also learning about our culture as well, which is really, really important. So for us, that's what a haka tour is all about. How has your business adapted over all the years, Ryan? Our business has adapted over the years by also including accommodation. Because all tours, obviously you need to stay overnight and you need to sleep somewhere. We decided to make uh, design our own upmarket hostels called Haka Lodges. 
and also hotels called Haka Hotels. So we've changed and adapted by not just running tours, but also including the accommodation that people stay in when on tour. How have you managed the pace of building your business? Well, we've gone through some big growth periods, particularly over the last five years. And so the, the way that we manage that pace of growing is through attracting the right people to join our team. And for us, the right people means having um, the right attitude and have the right cultural fit with our business. I can't do everything myself. We've got about 160 people now, now that work for us. So it's really important to bring on people that have got the same culture as you. So for us, that means that we're looking for people that want to work in an environment where they can really take control of what they're doing and really own what they're doing. We like to foster something called an ownership mentality. And we just look for really nice, down-to-earth people. So for me, because we have grown a lot, it's about attracting the right people into the business and the right people that can get really excited about our vision and where we want to go. I'm just one person. We've got lots and lots of people that help manage the speed of growth of the company. So really finding the right people to join your team. What has been one of the biggest challenges you have faced? I would say one of the biggest challenges I have faced is really making sure that we've got a big ambition for growth. So we want to open up lots of more lodges and lots of more hotels and grow the amount of tours that we're running and buying buses, which are very expensive. So the biggest challenge we face is actually um, making sure that we've got enough cash flow and enough money to support all of our growth ambitions. A lot of other companies, they might sell part of their business to fuel their growth. But for us, it's been really important to own all of our business because the main reasons why I wanted to quit the corporate role um, was due to the fact that I really wanted to own all of my own business and be um, 100% responsible for making all the decisions and deciding what we do next. So the biggest challenge really is balancing our need for growth and wanting to get a lot bigger versus making sure we had the money to do it. How have you approached marketing Hacker Tours? What has worked for you? Since we launched in 2007, we've been a digital first business, which means that our core route to market has been to our customers online. So the most successful way that we've been marketing is by creating really cool videos and marketing those through Facebook and Instagram. Tourism is really an experiential product and other customers want to see other customers having fun and doing things that they want to do. So for us, video by far has been the most important way to market our business. Is the bulk of your work for seasonal? Surprisingly, because we do have summer and winter tours, unlike most other companies, most of our staff are permanent. That's a real difference with us. It means that we can have staff all year round and ensure that we're giving our customers really amazing customer service. Of course, we do need to hire some people seasonally, but by far and large, most of our, our staff work for us all year round, which I really love. How do you approach finding the right people for your business? We approach the right people to uh, join our business through advertising online, word of mouth, but also an employee referral scheme. That's when we ask all of our employees to recommend someone to work for us. 
for example, we might have a vacancy in our customer service team and we would ask all of our staff to recommend the person that they think would be best for that role. It works really well. We offer a $500 employee referral bonus if you find someone that we want to take into our team. And we also find that employee referrals are the best source of, of um, potential employees because they recommend people that they know will be really great within the business. So for us, employee referrals are always the best source. I love this quote. Work hard in silence. Let your success be your noise. What is the best advice you have been given? I love that quote too. I think the best advice I've been given is work smart, not harder. There's a lot of amazing tools out there that can actually speed up and make the way that you work a lot more effective. So it's not always about working really, really long hours. Sometimes you can find an app or an online system that can really help what you do. So being an entrepreneur and being part of a fast-growing business, of course, I do work really hard and I do work long hours, but there's lots of different systems, tools, and apps that make my job much easier. And it's taking the time to really find those tools and make sure they're right for your business has been really key. So I think the best advice that I was given was work smart, not harder. Reflecting on your journey to date, what has surprised you the most? The biggest thing that surprised me the most in my business journey so far is actually how fulfilling it is and how satisfied and happy leading a growing business makes me. I've got a lot of friends that work in roles for companies and they don't really enjoy it. And they spend a lot of time Monday to Friday doing something that they don't love. So the biggest thing that surprised me was how amazing being an entrepreneur is and a great way to explore life. It's just really surprised me actually how fulfilled I feel. How do you see the tourism industry changing over the next few years? I see the tourism industry changing over the next few years, mainly by new markets coming into play. China is about our fifth biggest market at the moment, but I think that will continue to grow. Air connectivity plays a massive role. So what I mean by that is when Air New Zealand opens up new routes, so for example to Chicago, is a new one that's opened up and it's a direct flight. And what that means is I think a lot more people from Chicago will come to New Zealand because it's just one direct flight here. I think people will continue to be booking online a lot more direct with the company as opposed to booking through Flight Centre and STA Travel. And I think there will be tighter regulations on, on Airbnb being used as a commercial accommodation I think at the moment, there's some very relaxed rules on how people can use Airbnb, like sell their properties. I think that will be tightened up in the future. Why do you think more people don't take the leap and start their own business? New Zealanders as a whole are very entrepreneurial compared to other countries. But I think the main reason would be it's a jump into the unknown. And also, I think people find it quite scary. I think it also takes a particular mindset to be an entrepreneur, and I don't think it's suited to everybody. I think you should do what you love, and I think you should follow your heart. And for some people, they, they don't like the unexpected nature of being an entrepreneur and the fact that maybe you have to work a lot more hours than you would in a normal job. And also, it's a lot, lot more risky. So I don't think it just suits some people's mind frame, and it suits other people's.
What is your dream for your business? My dream for my business is that we're just turned 11 years old now. And by the age of 15, so in four more years, we want to have a nationwide network of hotels, um, a nationwide network of lodges, and we want the Hucker brand to be the first name on people's lips when they talk about the best tourism company in New Zealand. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself? If I could go back in time, the advice I'd give myself would be to start my business earlier. I spent probably about a year on my business plan and I made lots of assumptions and guesses that proved to be wrong. So what I would do is start earlier and test my business model quicker and get all of my feedback from my customers much, much earlier. I would also tell myself not to go for that corporate job, but to work for a tourism company and gain lots of experience working for another tourism company before I started my own. I know I could have achieved what I achieved a lot quicker if I had actually worked in tourism before as well. Who inspires you? My uncle inspires me. He uh, was He's an entrepreneur. And I remember looking at him when I was younger and he was living this really exciting lifestyle and he was starting businesses and I found him really inspirational. I guess there's lots of famous people and normally lots of people quote someone really famous who's really inspirational. But for me, I, I just get inspired by people that are following their heart and following their passion. They don't need to be someone famous or someone well-known but someone that's got a really strong purpose and they really love what they're doing. Those people inspire me. Okay, final question from me. Could you share one of your secret weapons as an entrepreneur? One of my secret weapons? Oh, let me have a think about that. I would say my secret weapon is really to balance your business. And by what I mean from that is a lot of business owners They might be very people-focused and enjoy leading teams, so they spend a lot of time on their people. But what that means is they might, their financials might suffer and they're focused on their customer or their business processes. So my secret weapon is make sure that you spend equal time and equal effort on the four most important parts of your business, and that's your customer, your people, your financials, and your business processes. Because by spending equal time in each, each of those four areas means that you've got a really strong and you've got a really um, bulletproof business. My secret weapon would be saying thank you. Oh, that's brilliant. I like that. And on that note, thank you so much for joining us this week, Ryan. Thanks, Eli. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us for our first episode of Season 2. If you enjoy this interview with Ryan, please leave me a comment down below and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your network. As always, stay awesome and share the love.